0: This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. Today listeners, I'm excited to tell you that we have the most experienced entrepreneur that we have ever had on this show, Henry Leeds. Henry started his first business in New York City in 1970. Sixty-nine. He has been an entrepreneur every day since that moment and is still plugging away at the age of 77. We brought Henry on the show for a couple reasons. First... Henry has a wealth of knowledge and experience. He has been an entrepreneur for nearly 50 years and is still at it today. Second, we wanted to compare the difference between being an entrepreneur today and being an entrepreneur in the 70s and 80s. We wanted to see if it were true that many things remain the same for entrepreneurs, even though we operate in a digital age. And with that, let's welcome my friend, Henry Leeds, to the show. Hi, Henry. How are you?
1: Hey, Chris. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: You're very welcome, my friend. Thanks for coming. And you're calling in from
1: Atlanta, Georgia.
0: And one of the reasons I wanted to have Henry on the show is because he has an absolute wealth of experience as an entrepreneur. In what year did you say you started as an entrepreneur, Henry? 1969. Wow. Excellent. And you've been, I'm sure you've been involved in multiple businesses. So I think let's just jump into your story. Start from the very beginning to what led you to where you are today.
1: Okay. Well, my, my, I have a, a background that I actually started out in the food industry and, uh, <clears throat> spent two years in the army. And after I got out of the army, I got into personnel and, uh, by circumstance, I uh, wound up taking a position with a recruiting company. I never had any sales experience. And to my amazement, I w- it was just a natural for me. I, I, uh, I always have enjoyed being around people. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I went into the uh, restaurant business. But when I got into the recruiting business, uh, it was just such a natural. And it and it was a lot more challenging to look for positions back in the 60s and 70s than it is today because uh, companies didn't have much turnover. So I got into the business and... Uh, did extremely well. I opened up a, a company for the, the organization that hired me. Mm-hmm. And in 19... So I started in 65 in the recruiting business. In 1969, a number of my larger clients said, why don't you go out on your own? We'll give you enough business to uh, have you uh, be self-sustaining. And I said, okay. So I started in 1969 uh, with a partner. Uh, And uh, within 14 months, we had 12 people working for us. Wow. And one one of the things I'm extremely proud of, we both took a a loan to start the business. It was an instant success, and I, uh, over the course of the years, uh, built the business up and got to the place where I really wanted to make a change. Uh, regarding um, where I lived and I wound up in Atlanta in 91 and uh, been here since Um, actually uh, the only time in my career since 1969 uh, a company recruited me to run their business for them, it was an executive search business, so I have two legs to my business one was the executive search business and the other one was coaching both business coaching and career coaching
0: excellent and so you were in new york before correct henry
1: yeah i had my business in new york from 1969 to 1991 22 years
0: how was the transition from you spent a couple years as an employee and then got a loan out and started your company how was that transition for you was it something that was easy or was there uh, was it pretty difficult for you
1: fortunately for me it was extremely easy hmm. in fact one of the things that I was the proudest of uh, of the loan that my partner I he took a loan and I took a loan and we were able to pay back the loan within 120 days the entire loan oh
0: wow how come was it, it was easy for you
1: well uh, it was what made it really easy is that I had a very, very strong, uh, client base, uh, mm-hmm. c- companies that were working with us. So it wasn't like when the, the day I started my business, I had to recreate something. The client base was there, which made it without question, a lot easier to do it.
0: And you grew up in an entrepreneurial family, correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, um, on my father's side and, uh, Both sides of the family, they were all in the retail business and had very, very successful runs in the retail business. Unfortunately, my dad uh, passed away when I was 15. So I Mm. frankly, I think it was this may sound strange, but I think it was part of my DNA that Mm. I grew up having this entrepreneur spirit. So, I mean, I had to learn uh, a lot of things on my own. And I was very fortunate. One of the other reasons why I think we were so successful was that uh, when I decided to choose a partner uh, to start my own recruiting business, I one of the key things that I made sure that he had skill sets that I didn't have mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think that was a big ingredient. You know, one of the questions you had uh, me take a look at, what, what were the things that you would... Uh, talk to the audience that would make your business a little bit different. And I think is to make sure you got the right mix if you're doing it with somebody else, that you're compatible. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, when we were going, uh, we, we both took loans uh, uh, to run the start the business from our families. Mm-hmm. And my uh, partner at the time, his father was a, uh, a prominent attorney in New York, and he said, before I lend anybody any money, I want to meet him. So he put me through a grueling three-hour interview. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the interview, he said, you know, to, uh, my partner's name is uh, was Bruce Raines. And Bruce's uh, father said, you guys are going to be good with each other. And I asked him why. He said, because you complement each other, not complement each other on the basis of you have the same skill sets, but you have different skill sets and you're looking at it that uh you know he said if you got two people together he was using the analogy copper if you have two pieces of copper it doesn't match if you are copper and brass and you guys are copper and brass because huh. you offset each other with so many different uh, you know ways of running the business and that was key that was absolutely key so uh that's what's really made us uh as as successful as we were
0: that's a really great business lesson it- did he help you guys along the way um throughout the years, or did no
1: just gave us money
0: just gave you money okay <laughs>
1: just gave us money and said you guys would do fine you know and uh and you know it i would you know I'm making it sound like it was easy, and we made money right away, but we really uh, that was our primary focus mm. uh you know to make the business go, which had its uh negative impact because, you know, at the time I was married and, uh, you know, I had a couple of children. And then the third one came along when we started the business and it took away, uh, you know, I I made a fundamental choice at that time that I I wanted to grow the business. Had I had, you know, looking back at it right now, would I have done it exactly the same way? Probably not, but it worked.
0: Now, what was it like? Back in the 70s and 80s doing business in New York.
1: It was a wild ride. You yeah. Know, I mean, one of the one of the things that I was fortunate to have been able to uh, connect with some really interesting uh, clients. And when they were in its infancy, you know, I mean, uh, companies like uh, ADP, uh, when we still started working with uh, ADP, which now is a multi-billion dollar company, there was three people in the company. Wow. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and I numerous stories. Uh, uh, and I was, uh, one of the other things, too, is that um, I was tenacious in going after business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think one of the also things, too, is to really know your market. And I really knew my market of uh, recruiting. Now, the difference today with the Internet and, and companies finding individuals, uh, you know, for the candidates itself, just looking at the recruiting business, it, it, there are a lot more avenues today. But, you know, at that time, companies did not have a lot of turnover and l- people did not want to leave their company. The The unfortunate thing today is that I think people, uh, it's really almost like sports. You know, you're mm-hmm. a gun for hire. I'm not saying in every case. Yeah. but. It, it's different. It's really, really different.
0: You said you were tenacious in your business. Can you tell us how you were tenacious?
1: Sure. First of all, we had a. We started off before we o- even opened the door. We had a business plan, mm-hmm. and we also had uh, different uh, um, starting points of when we would bring people in, and we would never, ever, ever over budget. Uh, you know, in other words, spend more money than what we could afford to do. So we always had a strong cash flow. Okay. We didn't need it, but we had it. You know, I always found myself being in a place to, uh, my skill was really to evaluate the people we we're bringing up, uh, on board to make sure they really understood our business philosophy. And I, and if they didn't, I, uh, they said at the beginning, they did have the same philosophy. Uh, my tolerance level was not you know, uh, if if you didn't comply to it and you weren't a team player, you didn't make the team. Hmm.
0: What are some things that make that would make a good team player? That would be in your parameters.
1: One of the keys is you don't hire people if you're hiring people that are all the same. Uh, and what I mean by that is if uh, if you found ten people that had the same skill set. And it's not a good mix. You got to find people that have different skill sets. You know, I have one of my clients that uh, um, Colgate Palmolive was one of my bigger, bigger clients uh, here in Atlanta. And uh, when they hired me, they were looking, they were relocating a division here. And I said the only reason I'd even take on the assignment that I had to know all the business managers and understand their personalities. And they were hiring a lot of similar candidates and they were concerned because of um, great training ground and uh, uh, software close SAP. And, you know, so I made sure that they had people that were going to be longer players because... Companies would come in, have them go through the Colgate training, and then hire them out. And that wasn't a good mix. So, uh, you know, it, it, uh, I try to have a, a retention level of the clients that I was working with where people were going to stay. Today, it's a whole different story.
0: Do you have uh, one or two interesting or exciting stories you can share with us about New York back in the day and, and being an entrepreneur?
1: Well, you know, it was a wild, you know, when I, I moved into New York City in uh, 1973, it was a commuter up to 73. So for four years, I was commuting from from Connecticut and, and Westchester. Uh, the activities of uh, companies were growing like crazy, and uh uh, one of the exciting things was to be at the ground level of companies and, and being part of their, even though the, I wasn't an employee of the company, mm-hmm. I, I really was like an employee. So, you know, we had, um, you know, um, let me think of an example that would be uh, an example. I was talking about Colgate at that time. Uh they had a brand new president and you know, I had to make 19 uh, calls till he finally picked up the phone uh, systems to different today. You can't get through to people as easily today. And I asked him, why did he finally invite me into, uh, to, uh, meet with him? He said, anybody that is t- as tenacious as you are, i at least needed to meet them. I don't know if I'm going to give you any business, but, uh, <laughs> He said, you were tenacious, and that was one of our biggest clients. And, uh, you know, it's just to see people evolve, you know, putting them, in, putting them in positions where they would start at the lower level and then wind up being presidents of companies or, you know, going into other kinds of positions. And so it was a fun time, you know, and, you know, people were having uh, – at that time it was a big deal to get stock options, which was not so uh, – Today, it's a foregone conclusion if you're in an executive position, get options. At that time, they wanted to incentivize people to be at the ground level.
0: So I know you're doing some business and career coaching these days. And so you're still at it, still plugging away as an entrepreneur at the age of 77. What would you change about the way business is done today compared to what it was like back in the 70s and 80s or even the 90s already been 90s
1: <laughs> yeah you know uh, that's a great question crispy I think uh, the advice that I would give companies today is to try to incentivize people it doesn't have to be about money alone or it doesn't even have to be about money but having people feel that they've got a home uh, and today that's not the case anymore so if I was if in particular I'm working with a couple of you know smaller companies right now that's the first thing I say how are you going to be able to retain people so maybe today they're not going to be uh, a 15 to 20 year employee but if you get two to five years or three to five years of somebody contributing to the company that's a lot better than losing people so it really would be is how do you structure something that people feel important? There, most of the issues that I have when I talk to candidates when they're making a change from the company today, you know, it's a foregoing conclusion. If you lost your job, you're going to look for another job. But in the case of other people that are in organizations, the comment is more times than none I hear is, I don't feel like I'm uh, worth it. You know, I'm not worthy of, you know, uh, I'm that special. I'm not saying special out of ego. I'm saying special out that I could make a difference within the company. And there's a place for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, um, can I give you an example of a present situation I had?
0: Please, please.
1: Okay. I had uh, a a candidate come to me. Uh, I met him through a networking event. And uh, he was working for a small startup company. And he came to me and he said to me, you know, Henry. Uh, I really love this company, but I think I need to move because I can't make it financially of what they're paying me right now. So we spent, uh, you know, typically what I do is on initial uh, contact with an individual that's going to do coaching, I'll spend two to three hours with that candidate to find out who they are, what they think they want to be doing. What's the environment that they're in right now? And frankly, in Alex's case, initially I was thinking, you know, maybe it is a good time for him to be moving. But then he started telling me about how the CEO was working with him and how much more opportunities could be there. But that kept on the pervasive thing was this thing about dollars and cents coming up. Mm -hmm. So out of the coaching we did in that one session, he was able to go back to the CEO and set up an incentive, okay, if I'm able to do this, can I increase my income? And lo and behold, instead of leaving the company, he didn't, and it's working out extremely well. And uh, I I saw him recently at a a social event, and he said to me, thank God I didn't leave. And is he gonna stay there for the rest of his life? No. But, you know, it's giving him more experience, and then we also carved out what are the things do you think that you could contribute to the organization that will give you value as well as the company value? So that, you know, that's that's just a little snippet of, you know, the things that people can come across. And, you know, uh, you know I, I think of myself, Chris, uh, if this happened, uh, you know, I had my recruiting business, we moved to a, Atlanta, and... Uh, In uh, 1997, I said, well, you know, I'm doing real well financially, but I did not feel satisfied. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I was thinking about getting out of the recruiting business. So lo and behold, by circumstance, or maybe not, I met a coach, and I hired him. And I said, well, you know, uh, I need, you know, I feel like an auditor. I go in, place really good people in the company, and that's it. And I'm a relationship builder.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Within a short period of time working with him, We came up with something that I couldn't believe. He said, why give up the recruiting business? Why don't you combine the recruiting business with coaching? And, you know, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. Chris, I would have never, ever have thought of that. (laughs) You know? So that's what I started doing. And then what I started doing is going back to my clients and saying, hey, not only can I find you the people, but I can evaluate the people that are bored in the on board in the company and work from there and that's uh you know this will that's 20 years later that i'm now just doing the business and career coaching and i couldn't have seen
0: that that's that's really the value of coaching just having somebody look from the outside in at what you could change that could make all the difference right absolutely how long did you keep your business coach for henry
1: uh i only worked with him for six months okay my my uh model right now is um if i can help somebody if i have a number of people that see me that just come in for that initial session so the way i work maybe is different than other coaching businesses is that i really just uh will determine after that initial session uh is it appropriate to continue sometimes we both conclude and say no it's not They got value. They may come back at a later date uh, and work with me again. And so they're they're part of my family. And that's the other thing. So I stay in touch with them. They stay in touch with me. And so, you know, uh, it's not the duration. I think if anybody's really looking today for coaching, they have to be really careful that they don't uh, get uh, seduced into a long-term contract with a career coach Hmm. Or, or business coach because it could be extremely expensive, and so, and sometimes they're not going to get the value.
0: Henry, if you were twenty years old today and just starting out, after all the experience you had, what type of business do you think you would start?
1: That's a great question. What would I do? To, uh, Chris, I hate to say this. I probably would. I, I wouldn't go back into the recruiting business. I would go into the coaching business only.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The recruiting business today is so very different. The competition out there with with the internet and how companies can find people is very different. Of course, on the you know, if you're working on a retained basis, I would. Um, I would, uh, which I did by the way, in '97 when I decided to go into coaching, I went back and spend a year going through a coaching program just to really understand from an organization what was the things that I really needed to be focusing on opposed to what I thought I needed to be focusing on. Uh, So I don't know if I would really change, um, no, I don't know if I would change anything. I really, you know, as long as you know something, as long as I'm dealing with people Mm-hmm. You know, over the course of the years, many times the clients that I've worked with try to recruit me to come to work for them. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I, when I came to Atlanta, a company that I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, uh, recruited me to come down there to run their business. I was not very happy. Uh, uh, I'd stayed there for three years. I made a commitment to get the job done. And after I got the job done, I went back on my own. Um, Because, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, there's a difference between entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Are you familiar with the difference?
0: I'm not. Tell me.
1: An entrepreneur is somebody who's going to really take a risk and put their money on the line or have other people put the money on the line. Entrepreneurs are people that don't want to take exactly that same kind of risk. They'll go to work for a company where they might have somebody who is the entrepreneur. And so they can use that entrepreneur experience, uh, helping somebody else grow the business without the risk.
0: Henry, what do you see entrepreneurs doing today that really inspires you?
1: Wow. Uh, What inspires me today with entrepreneurs? They they take bigger risks than when we started out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they're the risk takers. You know, I uh, I have a uh, uh, one of my sons is uh, he's starting he's in his own business and he's looking to start another business. And uh, one of the things that I think if you're going to go into being an entrepreneur, you need to make sure. That you have without question enough cash flow mm-hmm. to be able to get by for at least six months to a year that you don't you're not pressed into I got to make it happen and uh, all too often unfortunately I, I, I meet people that have great ideas but what happens they're under mm-hmm. or they don't have the right kind of partner or, or they don't get the right kind of guiding guidance and then you know, the typical uh, entrepreneur that starts out today within two to five years is not in business anymore.
0: Was that common back in your day too? Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I think that's that hasn't changed that much. I think the biggest issue too is somebody is doing it on a shoestring. And I have, un- what's really sad is that people don't really have a full concept of not having any business coming in right away they think they have a great idea they're going to make money right away right most cases that's not the case
0: what do you see that entrepreneurs are doing today that disheartens you
1: they're only interested in making money Uh, that's one of the things and they have uh, I think one of the things that's really it's we've gone to extremes. You know, if you really want to date me mm-hmm. back in the days when I got into business, people stayed with an organization until they retired or died. Right. The only, re- only way you would get fired way back when is if you stole money or had an affair. I mean, or or got crazy at a Christmas party. I mean,
0: that's,
1: <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, that, that's, the way, that's the way it was. And I think today people uh, don't look at their careers the same way that they need to be looking at it, at, you know. And uh, so what happens is they, they get started and they get impatient. I mean, the millennials today, um, I, I have a grandson. He graduated college uh, three years ago. He's on his fifth job already. Mm. Uh, uh, and it's because he do- he doesn't like the way the company's philosophy, it goes against the way he'd like to be uh, uh, taken care of. And I'm not saying money. It's just, uh, you know, it's uh, people are too, they're looking at the bottom line too much. The bottom line is very, very important. Mm-hmm. But if you don't treat your people well, it, your most expensive commodity will be your people. Yeah, It costs the company a lot of money, to bring somebody new in to the organization.
0: Very true. The the value of valuing your employees, I think, is, is priceless, really.
1: And values that you have. You know, one of the things somebody coming out of college today is, uh, you know, they may not know exactly what they want to do. Uh, you know, I was lucky. I found something that I liked right away. I was very, very fortunate in that sense that I found something that was a natural niche for me. Uh, You know, I I mentioned that I went into the hotel and restaurant business. I have a degree in that. And uh, um, frankly, I got out of it very quickly because it really conflicted with having uh, a family life. Mm. that's why I made the change initially. Uh, it, I didn't have a really good family life because, and the flip side of it is then I went into my own business and I didn't have a family life because I worked as much. So right. it's a fine line. It's a fine line.
0: If you were to do anything different with your 50, 45 years or so of entrepreneurial experience, what would you do different? I know you said you wouldn't go back into recruiting. What do you think you would do differently?
1: Um, I was way too conservative when I, uh, when I started my business and I had a partner that was more progressive, I would have taken more risks. Hmm. I would have taken more risks. Uh, he wanted to start, uh, expanding the business in an area that that time was, uh, nobody was doing it or very few people were doing the temporary business. Uh, you know, you know, you know, consulting. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think it uh, um, I didn't know enough about it I would have taken more risks as long as I had um, I had the, the financial ability not to freak out after a short period of time
0: mm. so you're 77 now Henry and you're still kicking away as an entrepreneur what do you think the next 10 15 years look like for you as an entrepreneur are you going to keep going or you think you'll slow oh, down
1: no, no, I no, I, I, uh, slow down. I mean, I, I, I work when I want to work at this particular point, and I only work with people that are really committed to, uh, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, being committed to their own success. A lot of people say they are, but they just don't do the work. So I, I still, uh, you know, I still love what I do. And that's why, you know, I'm still doing the Korean business coaching. The other things, too, is that, you know, I think the difference, uh, you know, uh, you know, like what we we met on we met on a a walk. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm actually coaching some people right now doing walking instead of because it gets them grounded in. Watch one step at a time, and yet they're really more focused on looking at issues and not getting distracted by other things. Oh, Something wow. amazing. Yeah, I'm doing more and more of that, and I've had some really good results. If somebody is very, uh, uh, you know, they can get in their head a lot, and you start putting a person uh, in a climate of walking mm-hmm. or hiking, uh, it, it may sound crazy. It really grounds them a little bit. It gets them to... You know, be more single-focused. I get a lot of results that way.
0: I just came up with a good idea, if there's any entrepreneurs out there that are looking for one, um, adventure coaching, where you go on a hike or you go on a swim or something like that, and that's where you have your business, your coaching session. That's a phenomenal idea, Henry. Very
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'm doing right now out of my – um, you know, coaching, but a more important, my well-being. Uh, I'm going to Costa Rica beginning of March, and I'm walking with somebody. Um, and uh, we're developing, we're, we're trying to develop a, a, a mini Camino. If people don't know what the Camino is, I did it uh, two and a half, three years ago, almost three years ago, uh, it, it's extensive walking, and is one of the things that I learned in walking. I walked 500 miles, uh, and one of the things I learned is when you're single-focused, you don't have too much distraction going on mm-hmm. other than taking care of yourself for your well-being. Uh, so I'm, I'm more inclined, as I, even as I'm talking to you now, Chris, working with people, as I mentioned, I'm doing a little bit of it, doing more and more um, business and career coaching in a setting that is not your typical office. It's walking in the woods, walking uh, on a trail, uh, hiking in a particular area, and also giving yourself an opportunity of looking at what's next for you, you know, uh, as far as your career or, your, you know, whether it's working for a corporation or not.
0: I think that's an incredible idea, Henry. In a sense, it's kind of what we do at the Entrepreneur House. You know, we get people away from their typical nine-to-five day or schedule, and we get them to Thailand, we get them to Barcelona to spend a month so they can get away from their own teams and their regular office to think differently and think deeper and expand their paradigms, so to say.
1: Oh, I, I think it's great. You know, and one of the things that uh, you know in, in doing as much walking as, as I do um, is one, it gets you in touch with your own well-being, and it lets you also know what you need to do to get you know get yourself into better shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, frankly, Knockwood as of today. You know, I'm turning 77 in March. I'm uh, probably in better shape today than I was in 20 years ago. And it's because, because of the walking
0: wow. and
1: it's something, it's something about the walking and then being in nature that gives you an opportunity of getting out of your comfort zone and also being connected with nature gives you an opportunity of being more creative. That's my whole process. I, I want people to be more creative instead of typically, you know, getting into that rut and thinking that that's the only way of figuring things out.
0: mm mm-hmm. Great tips. And for the listeners that uh, that don't know, Henry and I met on the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500-mile pilgrimage across southern France and northern Spain, and that was three years ago now, so Henry, you would have been 73 at the time when you did that, is that right? 74
1: and a half to be exact.
0: Yep, 74 and a half, and then Henry, he's about ready to turn 77, and he's planning on going hiking on a similar trip down in Costa Rica. That's incredible. You know, kudos to you for keeping not only your health but your ambition in your 70s because there's just a lot of people that you don't see doing that. And if I could ask you this, Henry, what sets you apart from the majority of the people in your age range who decide to settle or to retire or to not work or to not travel. What do you think is different between you and them?
1: Um, I a couple of things. One, I believe in community. So most of the time I try to find other people that want to walk. Mm-hmm. And so I have a structure that way. So uh, what that also does, it gives me, you know, one of the other thoughts that I had is uh, – one of the things that I learned in doing the Camino, here I turned 74 and a half back in 14, and out of uh, hearing somebody else talking about doing this walk, I said, oh no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too old, I uh, had a bad back years before that. And one of the things I learned in doing my first walk is what you perceive persists. Mm-hmm. So I had a mindset that said, I, Age-wise, I couldn't do what you know—climb the Pyrenees Mountains, walk 500 miles—and I I didn't have any agreement from family members. My my wife was great and supported me, but some people said, "What are you crazy?" Mm -hmm. But you know what I learned out of doing the Camino? It's not about the 500 miles. Is what we perceive is our the limitations that we have become our limitations. And when those limitations restrict us from going outside of our comfort zone, then we slow down. And and, uh, I think one of the things I'm working with more and more people that are, um, you know, in their 50 plus years of age and they don't know what's next and they don't know how to take care of themselves and they have a... You know, uh, it's like you, you have your own DNA about way, the way you think life is going to be as you're starting to get older, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't buy into that.
0: Henry, we know that you're going to take a trip, a walking trip, in Costa Rica soon. Do you have any other big travels or walks planned for the future?
1: Well, I'm intending to go back to Spain in September and probably walk 150 miles um, so I, I'm looking, uh, right now at another trip to Spain.
0: I love how nonchalant you were about to probably just walk another 150 miles or so.
1: Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right.
0: All right, my friend. I think we'll wrap up there before we finish. Is there anything you would like to share with the listeners before we sign off?
1: Well, if they want to find out about, uh, my coaching business or find out about how to, you know, Keep yourself in both physical and mental shape. Uh, They can always contact me. I'll I'll give you my cell number and I'll give you my email address. It's it's Henry at HenryLeads.com and my telephone number is 678-637-4000. I'm always very happy to talk to people, even if it's uh, just connecting with them and seeing in ways that I can support them uh, having a more fulfilling life.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show, Henry. Thank you for sharing your your wisdom and your business tactics over the years. We really appreciate that, my friend. And with that, listeners and Henry, we're going to sign off for today and see you guys on the next episode. Thank you, Chris. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the entrepreneur house, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it this year we have three different events a three day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two week all inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six figure businesses this will be full of workshops masterminds and adventure Then a four week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors and fun weekend social events be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible, these events will fill up fast for those of you that are interested in have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.